0: Welcome to
1: Fresh Meat, a free with podcast from Manifest Group, where we talk to some of the best creative minds from all around the world. Expect great advice, new insights, and a lot of inspiration. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Right, welcome to uh, Fresh Meat Live. Well, we're not live. Fresh Meat, uh, the, the the re-record, the remix. <laughs> uh, we did this amazing session. Um, obviously, we did Fresh Meat Live in Athens a few weeks ago, uh, which was a very very productive discussion. Great questions from the team. Unfortunately, the audio uh, wasn't podcast ready, but we're trying to you know recapture that magic. Hopefully, recapture we'll that spark. Can lightning hit twice? I guess so. I think there's a Guinness book record, us one, one record of a guy who got hit by lightning like five times. So we're trying to, we're trying to recreate that <laughs> magic a little bit.
2: <laughs> I'm just on four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes, this is a discussion about the future of the comms industry. That was a recurring theme uh, at Manifestival, where Manifesto is going to be, but also where the industry at large is, is going to be around comms in in, in broad terms. So we're talking brand comms, we're, we're talking advertising. we're talking PR, we, we're talking the creative comms industry. What's it going to look like in five, ten years? That's what we're here to discuss. With me now in in, in Favisham Kent, talking about the UK is Alex Myers, talking about the US, but down in from, from Melbourne, beautiful Melbourne. we got Jesse and, and Isabel talking about what's, what, what the scene is like in, in Australia. Dylan from Melbourne as well, and Josephine from Stockholm, so we're going to have a very fruitful, very international discussion um, over the next half hour or so. So I'm going to start with you, Alex. You know, if you cast your mind 10 years into the future, where do you think the comms industry will be?
2: Oh, God. Um, I think like, it's, you can't really cast your mind more than 10 minutes into the future in our industry. I think that's that's the big challenge, isn't it? Um but I, I think we can speak kind of culturally. I think if you look at the big strategic challenges that comms are going to have to tackle, they're going to change in their magnitude, but not in their nature. I think you know the the climate crisis is is already reaching a, a kind of a pinnacle or an idea, depending on how you want to talk about it. And you know we we are about to to cross a threshold on that front. And from a business standpoint, I think the world has woken up in the last five years to the fact that business has a perhaps even a greater opportunity than the government and kind of community organizations to change culture and behavior around things like climate change so i think we'll probably see more responsibility taken by businesses but not necessarily to just get their own house in order but help influence their audiences too at least i hope that's the case but also um you know from a a kind of globalization standpoint too i think we'll start to see more uh, of a global mindset in communications um the evolution of um of media you know massively fragmented over the last 10 years um but now it's kind of harmonizing around content right the channels can fragment all they want and the content kind of exists on all of them so i think you've, you've got this kind of um, focus on content creation whilst the channels continue to multiply and develop and expand. And whether that is the metaverse, or I guess the concept of virtual reality is super old. I remember being a kid and being told virtual reality was the future. But certainly, I think this idea of, um, of a mixed reality is really fascinating. But I don't think for the comms industry necessarily, it's about building realities. I think it will be about delivering content through you know, a, a kind of hybrid virtual and real world there's going to be lots more challenges around control of truth and certainly certainly objectivity as much as that's kind of a, a falsehood anyway but you know this idea of fake news has gone from being an emerging trend to being something that's standard now what's real and what's not real is a much bigger question now than it was even five years ago I think in 10 years time the kind of the currency of authenticity is going to be so much more significant because it's so much more rare. So yeah, those kind of things, um, I think are kind of emerging trends, but you can't really guess what technology is going to emerge. You can't guess what the next big brand is going to be. You know, I think this idea of community commerce is interesting. I think, you know, the economic situation is going to be tricky over the next two or three years. um, And that will kind of set a trend too. There'll be all kinds of innovation that comes out of that. And the, the beauty of comms is you kind of, Yes, there's this responsibility to keep up with the changing shape of the media, but there's also this opportunity to drive it. And I think for the comms industry, let's go and do that. You know, Let's try and make sure that we're a guiding light for business and hold them to account rather than potentially exacerbating some of those challenges, really. That was a really waffly answer, wasn't it, Jules?
1: <laughs> no, no, it's really good. I I really like what you said around businesses probably getting more or Being given more responsibility to tackle some of um, our biggest challenges such as climate change so it's it's probably you know uh, a strand that I'd love to pick on as we as we go on in this discussion but I'd like to put that same question on you know casting your mind 10 years into the future to you just being where do you think the, the comms industry would be?
3: think Alex covered a lot <laughs> but thinking a bit more like
1: Sorry.
3: practical which I tend to do Uh, I'm thinking like just agency wise looking at who will be running the show uh, the Gen C, which um, are already and will probably be I think they will like be working even more as uh, specialists uh, today uh, we see by both generalists and specialists but I think generalists will probably be like uh, only a memory, uh, like ten years or so in the future, because the Gen Z, I mean, they are picky. They they don't really like to do things they're not good at or like enjoy doing. Which yeah, you shouldn't really. So yeah, that's just one one aspect I'm I'm imagining, and also like a bit more like campaign wise, I'm thinking that people are as we all know getting more and more fed up with like mass communicating pains getting thrown in your face as well as also feeling awkward and a bit creeped out about all these targeted ads popping up after speaking to someone about certain brand or a product Uh, with that said I think that the fact that we will probably be communicating more and more or like mostly through wearable and integrated tech uh, I feel like that makes like the communication feel a bit even more closer to you than before and with that aspect in mind i think like analyzing and optimizing data in an accurate and appropriate way will like be more crucial than ever and like really 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 knowing the audience and how to approach them to build a like strong bond and relationship with the brand will probably be crucial for a successful campaign i think which is not easy, and like not a small job, but so so important, I think even more in the future
1: hmm. No, i really I really like that point on how Gen Z is going to affect agency, but also I guess just wider business culture in in the future, and also what that possibly means for the kind of creative work we produce it's It's, it's definitely a thread that we'll come back to in this discussion, but um going over to you, Jesse, same question, ten years. Where is this industry going to be?
0: Uh, I think picking up from what Josephine said so eloquently was Gen Z's will play a major role. And uh, as we look at where we are in the present, I think older groups such as myself, who's a Generation Xer, should embrace and learn from Gen Z's and millennials, of course. They are the wave of the future. Uh, for any agency or any business. So when we talk about the next 10, 20, 15 years, they are the ones who will carry the baton. So that's one um, in terms of comms, not to be afraid to expand your your palette, if you will, in terms of how we communicate internally and externally, how we navigate through campaigns within comms, how we navigate language within uh speaking to you know our clientele so i would say let's move egos out the way and let's prepare ourselves to be taught and vice versa you know we can teach each other and that closes the ageism gap that closes a lot of things that it's wrong with uh our industry in terms of the things that we're trying to solve but uh, let's take an individual approach and be proactive in terms of our understanding across age groups. That's one. The second one will be more uh, content-led features in terms of comms. It's a lot you can learn in five minutes than reading an article that probably lasts you about two hours to read. Again, tapping into the Gen Z way of thinking, You know, work smarter now harder and uh, also understanding um, that's another ego check as well. You know, you got a lot of readers, avid readers, which I drift in and out of being, Uh, I used to read tons and being that, you know, workloads and uh, so forth, you know, prevents me from doing that, but it's no excuse. You have video content. You also have, you know, podcasts, which we're doing right now. So it's very beneficial that we, always find our avenue of learning and always try to adapt much as possible without sacrificing the self, you know? So that's, that's a philosophical one that people need to digest as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, finally going over to to you, Izzy, um, yeah, same question, you know, 10 years, where's our industry going to be?
4: Well, I mean, I often hear people say that Australia is about 10 years behind the rest of the world, so maybe <laughs> in 10 years we've we've caught up with everyone else at that point. Um, but, no, like, jokes aside, I think what um, everyone else you'll, you'll, is,
1: you'll get the internet in 10 years.
4: Yeah, <laughs> we'll get the internet. They've we just might got a the good internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think a lot of what everyone else has said has really resonated, like, thinking about Gen Z, like, they will, they will be running the world and, you know, they've got this big desire to like get shit done and they've watched generations sort of let things go and got them really frustrated by inaction. So I think we'll see like a lot more desire and interestingly what you said, Alex, about even brands stepping in to try and help sort of tackle some of these really big wicked problems that the world has. So I think that'll be interesting. And then also looking at, yeah, as you said, like differentiating fact from fiction I would love to see a return to truth telling as opposed to not just like storytelling and making a narrative up that suits you and your agenda. And with that, I think deep fake is probably going to be something that's going to be super prevalent in 10 years' time. And it'll be interesting to see how the industry navigates that and that implication for brands and spokespeople and um, how that's sort of handled from a crisis comms perspective. And then, yeah, I think probably even more pay-to-play, like even more so than we're seeing now. I think the US in particular, if you're looking at it from a PR perspective, having worked there for several years, it's a lot, lot harder to cut through the news agenda. But if you've got some money, doors open. So I think we'll probably start to see more of that, particularly in Australia in the coming years.
1: Actually, I think that's a good segue into into the next question. and I'd like to start with you, Izzy. When you look at Australia specifically, what trends are you witnessing, um, maybe specifically in, in in Melbourne, but also wider, that you think will um, define the next few years, perhaps the, the next decade? You know, is there anything local to to the market that you think uh, perhaps isn't occurring in, in in other places that Manifest has um, offices in, but also globally as well?
4: I don't know if it's necessarily a unique thing to Melbourne but you know Melbourne it's it's a city that's known for our events like it's where the Grand Prix is the car racing you've got the tennis the Australian Open but the AFL Grand Final here the Melbourne Cup like so much happens on an events level and I think over the last few years with the pandemic not being able to host any events like they are back with a vengeance and we're really noticing clients really wanting to get out and do things you know we've got media dinners happening next week we've got events planned for the next several months so i do think like there's a big return to wanting to celebrate in person and have that in real life experience rather than doing things over zoom and virtually for so long and we're seeing that with people actually choosing to go into the office quite a bit more um, rather than just working from home but on that flip side as well i think we've also seen like brands quite successfully in the last few years Entering people's homes, like through things like augmented reality, you know, you look at the success of 19 Crimes, Treasury Estate, and this big Australian wine brands, work with Snoop Dogg and, you know, literally being able to have that experience of Snoop Dogg literally coming into your living room while you're having a glass of wine at home. Um, I think we'll probably see even more of that happening. And I think two other points to make. Out of home, a lot of people seem to be really requesting that. And I have really noticed a lot more brands doing those kinds of campaigns, but trying to think about it more than it just being like a billboard that you drive past. It's becoming more interactive and trying to think about different ways that people can get engaged. And going off what Alex was saying before, I think as well about this globalization and this kind of like unifying of communications. I think we're seeing so much more of that. You look at the Stranger Things campaign that happened, gosh, a month or two ago by Netflix and it was like coordinated overnight all these really cool installations took over landmarks right across the world, all at the same time. And it was executed really well with so much attention. I think we'll see a lot more of that.
1: And from a, a UK standpoint, Alex, are there any specific trends that that, you, that you're that you witnessing now that you think will define the work we do in the next, in the, in the,
2: in the coming years? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, Something that's always fascinating is this generational shift. So to connect what I was saying before with what, um I guess, Josephine and, and Jesse specifically touched on, there's, you know, these big challenges that are ahead of us from a politics, from a news agenda, from a, a, a planetary standpoint, there's a new generation that are engaged to do that, but through their own specialisms and specialist skills and superpowers that aren't necessarily as money motivated, but are definitely focused on themselves and customizing the world around them. But interestingly, also, there's this shift in, um, we talked, I think, five, five, ten years ago about digital natives, right? And there's there's a big kind of conversation that was happening then around Mad Men as well and, you know, the original ad guys, because... There are always these generational leaps that happen when, you know, the reason that um, the ad men of the 60s were so fascinating, ad women also, but like, obviously I'm just using the, the cliche, but they were the first people to have grown up with the television. And, you know, TV was basically the radio with pictures, right? And then, then you had the kids that grew up knowing TV and they were TV natives, right? And they were able to create this, whole new like spectrum of storytelling like through advertising marketing and obviously tv as well and that really pushed things forward in terms of what was what was possible that then happened also with social media like what was called at the time the web 2 revolution right and you had you know a bunch of digital natives who'd grown up with the internet so the internet was not a newspaper or a magazine on your computer you know, it was an opportunity to do something completely new. You know, was, there's a difference between using new tools to do what you've always done and do something new with the tools you've always known. And I think in the next 10 years, we're going to have that with much broader, more strategic spheres. Right. So technology has never been unaccessible for this generation. I mean, strangely, I think from a challenge standpoint, job security has never been in question for this generation they've never known it for them or their parents and that's going to be something that is going to be challenging i think but from a um, a cultural standpoint the purpose economy business is doing something having not just value to your home but values that your home share that is something these guys have grown up with and that means actually that it's a base level so you know whilst our generation talked about sustainability that's kind of the the base expectation of Gen Z sustainable sustainable is a fall out a word already in Sweden. I'm sure you agree, Josephine. It's like it's not good enough. What's your what's your positive impact? And I think therefore, you know, with these kind of I guess what you'd call them purpose natives, in the next ten years, they're going to drive a new uh, generation where it's a progress economy. You know what is the the change that my business, my life, my home is going to bring about. Because positive change is is seen as the base level requirement. And kind of the purpose economy accepts change is required and you know, get like I said, get your house in order. But actually you've got these new business owners and these new new marketers who are like, get the fucking world in order. You know, and how are we gonna manage to do that? Um, business is my tool. And you know, I've grown up knowing business can do this. Mm. Um and I think politics is increasingly becoming outmoded when you know, you're working to a um uh, a four year cycle. You know, it's like, what do I need to do in the next four years? I'm sorry, you can't solve climate the climate crisis in four years. So, a politician is never going to make the right decisions. Mm. You know, the the tools that they have in their toolbox are required. You know, to not mess with the voters who are increasingly getting older, as the old generation hangs around for longer. You know, in the UK alone, there's going to be another nine and a half million. Old people in the next five years, like that's that's crazy in terms of the effect on politics because you've got these generational splits. They're just going to continue to exacerbate. But business, business will always be run by those people who are, you know, the entrepreneurs or the 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 energy, uh, I guess, that is about now, not just about commerce but about progress. Um, And I think people aren't necessarily, you know, setting up businesses just to make money. They're setting up businesses to make an impact, create a legacy because that's what they grew up with. They grew up with Nike um, they grew up with, you know, Colin Kaepernick. They grew up with um, the campaign for real beauty being how cosmetics are marketed. You know, we grew up with that being a, a massive change to how cosmetics are marketed. You know, whilst we were, for, we grew up with aspirational brands. These guys have grown up with inspirational ones. And I think they're going to, they're going to be the ones that change the world with business because it's their tool. They know what you can do with it. And yeah, like I said, it's this generational shift, just like the admin transformed TV. And just like social media, you know, the Mark Zuckerbergs transformed how the internet works for us. You know, they created an experiences instead of... I mean, if you remember what websites were like 20 years ago, like, <laughs> you know, it was just a brochure on your, on your computer. So that idea that technology is now no boundary, geography is now no boundary, language is now no boundary, mm. you know, gender... Ethnicity, uh, background is now no boundary in the right places. You know, if we see DE and I evolve as it should, like that's that's you know, I'm obviously always an optimist, but that's the big opportunity ahead of us. That's what makes ten years feel exciting as well as daunting. But that's the big trend: this progress economy, Um, you know, evolving purpose into progress, evolving commerce into change. Yeah, no, I,
1: I really, I really like what you said about purpose natives. Um, I think, for me, there's going to be that struggle between the purpose natives and the purpose skeptics in the next 10 years because the generation... Generations above are still very much in the, in the in the in the in the business world in the in the workforce, um, and, I, and I guess as retirement age gets a lot older, we're still we're going to see that generational fighting between the the old guard and people who want to do things in the new way, and that's going to be fascinating creatively, but also fascinating in terms of how um, that you know changes work culture broadly. Uh, in the next sort of five ten years, but to um let's let's get a, a a Stockholm and a Swedish viewpoint on this on you know trends that that you're witnessing locally and how do you think they're going to define the, the next decade, Josephine?
3: Yeah, um, no, but as Alex mentioned, like talking about sustainability and everything around that is like yeah we're almost beyond it here. Uh, if you don't have that in the like identity of the brand, yeah, you're going to be a question, And that's like, yeah, more the purpose economy and what will like be like beyond that, I guess. Uh, but except from that, um, we also see like something that has come out after COVID, I guess. Uh, brands are communicating more and more in English and like actually other languages as well. So not only Swedish as it's uh, like tend to be before. Because, yeah, we need to approach everyone in Sweden, everyone living here, everyone is not speaking uh, Swedish, uh, obviously. So that's like, yeah, something we really see more and more everywhere, basically. Also, sending live everywhere and all the time (laughs) is what brands do on websites and social and everywhere. And that is something that probably will continue and has to be done better because, uh, yeah, we see it everywhere and it's not always done maybe in the best way, used in the best way. But a lot, lot of potential there, uh, I think.
2: I think going live is really interesting, actually, Josephine. I think that's a really good point. You know, Twitter spaces are incredibly popular with the community, um, very, You know, and so many new features haven't been. I think, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter are investing heavily in live, and people have missed that, actually, because they're obsessed with, you know, Web3, blockchain and metaverse right um because they just sound cooler and more tomorrow's world but actually you're really right that that brands are going to have to behave and, and you, there's no more drafting of uh, statements you know there's no more oh we can wait 48 hours before we give our response like 48 minutes is too slow like the world is increasingly live i think that's a really interesting point yeah
3: we expect that our brand to respond uh, directly basically <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: that, that's. I mean, and I, I do think we're getting to the point where our technology, you know, really enables that. And I mean, in the next ten years, obviously, we'll have even better advancements in that. I think there is um there's something that Spotify is um, testing in New Zealand, I, I believe, where it's um it's like an auto record of a podcast, sort of live from the Spotify app, so you can essentially just you know from your phone start being a, a podcaster i don't know what what that's going to mean for the proliferation of podcasts but it's it's, it's an interesting uh um advancement in the, in the u.s from a u.s perspective jesse what 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 trends are you are you witnessing that you think would define sort of the next decade
0: number one i mean i i grew up a kid watching tron the original tron blade runner and all of those films that Really, and this is way before um and even films older than that, that way before ColecoVision or way before you had uh way before you had something that was called Nintendo. What is that box, right? <laughs> we're going,
1: we're going, we're going
2: back.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going way back. I'm showing way back.
2: your age now, Jesse. <laughs> I,
0: that that's all right. I look good doing it though. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, and it 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 just gave you and this is why I say sci-fi is my newspaper, right, because I love that stuff. And even till today, I love sci-fi, I love DC Comics, um, Marvel Comics, you know, the whole Disney Channel is, you know. And so I think like getting into that, we're talking about gaming and how gaming has evolved. Right. But then we're also talking about the uh, the advancement of holograms and how it wasn't just that Tupac. You know hologram on the awards right you know it's it, it, it that was like what 15 years ago 20 years ago and now you look at it and it's like amazing and you can't tell what's real from fake and so it, it's it, interesting we, uh,
1: yeah not to, to cut you off but i, I live yeah. like ten, i live 10 minutes away from the the abba uh it's called the abba voyage experience it's just it's it's a hologram of 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 the abba guys and everyone I've speak to who's 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 gone to it said you you forget that it's a hologram it's like you're in the 70s with abba and, and they even they interact with the with the crowd as well which is very bizarre but exactly. they've managed to to do that so yeah no you're right like the the future yeah. is now
0: yeah exactly and then when we talk about the future too like uh, these particular um vehicles for you know uh, I guess timeline advancement—that's what you call, I guess, errors. <laughs> timeline advancement. Man. You're talking about how these particular things also help you to latch back into those errors that you wasn't privy to. Like, for instance, millennials and Gen Zs that I speak to all the time—they know music that I grew up with. I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting, you know, because they're, they're digging back to an era that they wasn't privy to, and it helps them to actually be more fluid in terms of culture. And so that's another thing. And then when we're talking about like how people themselves are brands, we can't forget brands themselves look to people. The true democracy of change is through people. So you're going to see a lot more people coming together in groups and making their own campaigns, you know, Mm. And, 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 and speaking to people who are their peers and reaching people Further than brands can, can ever do, but the difference is in in that is that they're using their voice for change, and brands use product to leverage an angle and marry to the movement of change. So you're going to see a lot of people create not just creating content, but really, you know, coming together and pairing up with structural designers and uh, people such as this just to make those activations happen to forward a truth that uh they they see that need to be um spoken about and writing a narrative of true democracy so that's that's another thing and then um we getting into like functional camp- not just campaigns but functional uh activations right and and uh we it's 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 been a, a long time since i've seen a good one um but I think diving into the next 10, 15 years or so you're gonna see a lot of purpose based activation work or campaign work that really leads into some sort of change that really lead leads into plugs into your usual lifestyle as an audience, you know. Um so uh example would be the sleep campaign from IKEA, you know, where they use a real print campaign and the back of a magazine would be the IKEA, you know, print campaign. And then you'll, you know, separate the rest of the magazine. From the actual ad, so the ad itself could stand up, particularly like you would stand up a uh, portrait, you know, on the table or whatever on your nightstand, and then you would unleash this this small box inside of it that uh, produces white noise, and white noise is scientifically proven to, you know, help you sleep better, right? So that's what I'm talking about in terms of functionality that plugs into. Your lifestyle. But for but in that particular angle is based off of well-being. So I, I predict that it will be a lot more of those purpose based type of ads. another one is called Air Inc., which I'm obsessed about, uh, which there's uh, pollution caused by cars, the carbon dioxide in, in the air. Right. There's uh, uh, a group of scientists in India led by one superstar I'll shout him out in a bit if I remember his name, but uh, he collects a lot of the, the, the carbon coming out of the tailpipes from cars, went to the lab and discovered that the most used ink amongst artists is black, you know, for outline work or what or have you, black or even white. Um, so he produced a lot of ink that uh, is actually uh, sustainable to use. Uh, for multi-purpose uh, reasons, so you can do a wall with it, you can paint with it, you can—I don't know—you can. And it's made from
2: carbon emissions.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Carbon emissions really? from, from cars. Yeah, definitely. And and so these are the ads and, and activations and campaigns that you know it's hit or miss now throughout the the last past ten years or so, even present. Uh, but I, I predict that these are the things that that these are the trends that will shift the state of our being
1: real functional stuff no i I like that there's something to just just move on to the to our final i guess area of of discussion which is not really cheery it's quite negative but you know we're going to go into a recession we're going to go into an era of like squeezed budgets you know inflation in some places hyperinflation economic instability you know geopolitical instability (laughs) doesn't doesn't sound well yeah (laughs) And there's something you said, Izzy. Uh, you said you know would love you'd love to see a return to truth telling as opposed to storytelling. And I guess you know uh, if you could speak more on that with the in light of the fact that we were we're entering you know rougher political times um, globally.
4: Yeah. So I think there's a maybe maybe storytelling. I'm using it slightly in the wrong context. Like obviously, there's always going to be a need for a narrative, but. I think when I'm talking about truth-telling, I mean like actually making the truth clear, like what is actually the facts and not sort of shrouding it and hiding it and twisting it. Like we've seen so much, um, which has happened in politics for probably hundreds of years, but it's really seeped into the mainstream as being acceptable and expected. And so I think that's obviously going to have implications as we Go through these really uncertain times. But I also think, like, you know, considering everything, it's also going to mean people have to be scrappier with what they do. Um, and that's going to lead to some pretty amazing creative work. Like, if we do look back to, you know, the previous GFC back when was it 2009? We saw Uber come out of that. We saw Airbnb, Slack, all these, you know, pioneering tech companies that kind of kickstarted like the gig economy essentially. So, you know, manifest came out of that too, right, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I do think we will see some pretty awesome creative because it's going to challenge people to do more with less. And I think also, like, there's been a lot of doom and gloom in the world of late, especially over the last few years, and the future's not looking particularly cheery on that front. You know, Oracle, a software company, came out with a report, some research today that it's official. Australians are unhappy, but they're looking to brands to, to entertain them. So I think along with truth telling, there's also an opportunity for brands to step in and not be afraid to be funny. I think there's been a lot of fear around saying the wrong thing, getting cancelled, putting your foot in it. When actually, like, yes, there are obviously things that you need to tread carefully with, but there's also a need to kind of just get something out there. Like Australians are a little bit more forgiving maybe than some other countries around the world. I mean, unless you know back Djokovic, of course. (laughs) But, yeah, I I think we can put out creative work that kind of tells it how it is but sort of taps into maybe that drier sense of humor that I think we have in Australia and also the UK. It's probably a bit different in the US, Jesse. But yeah, not being afraid to sort of like call a spade a spade, but also kind of see the funny side of it too.
1: Mm. No, no, I, 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 I get that. <laughs> Shout out to Djokovic, weirdly. Uh, <laughs> um, Josephine, I guess the same question to you, you know, in, in the, in, in the looking at the, um, the decade we're about to enter you know with with inflation with you know squeeze budgets and all that stuff how, how do you how do you think that's going to affect the creative work our industry does and the creative work that um, you do in, in Stockholm specifically?
3: I think that's really hard <laughs> to, to imagine and think about but one aspect that I that I think of is that I think that we as professionals will play a bigger and more important role and a closer role to business leaders, uh, helping them to speak, act, and react in both ups and downs uh, of their businesses. Yeah, maybe more than ever. Mm. That's one aspect I'm thinking about.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I do think, and it ties back to um, to something that, that Alex was saying earlier around the fact that we're going to see more uh, responsibility on businesses to take the lead in areas where the government has failed, um, you know, in, in the, the trends report that we're producing, we do see that quite clearly that people are looking kind of away from government, away from elected officials and towards business. So that's going to be a very interesting, I guess, new development for businesses to realize that there is that added responsibility and, you know, I mean, and then, you know, with great responsibility comes great Expectation, I guess, and you know, you get to that point where, all right, if you are, <laughs> if you are a business, and you know, you're not, a, you're not necessarily elected, you know, who are your constituents? You know, so that that's going to be an interesting, an interesting challenge. If we're looking at it from the American perspective, Jesse, you know, how do you think this new, uh, or I guess this this era of inflation, this era of economic instability, how do you think that's going to affect the work uh, that that we do?
0: I think it will just cause a lot of people to to really dig deep and realize that. And I'm talking about across whatever class you come from, you know, upper class, lower class. The upper class will learn how to live, like middle class um, and middle class w- would have to learn how to find a way through to navigate and, and be nimble and more um, intuitive with what they have. So it's a trickle down effect when we talk about survival, because that's basically what it comes down to. But out of survival comes the most brilliant creative things that actually what the creative industry, you know, was built from. You think about, you know, the recession and the uh, the, the first recession, you know, that caused a lot of campaign, early campaign work, print campaign work at, at first. When, you know, you had people in uh, the the, uh, prince in Russia was actually marrying the brands from Russia with the government initiative for, you know, I mean, which was wicked and evil, trying to get people to join the army, right, the Russian army. And then it went into the States, the United States, when you had Uncle Sam, right, and you had brands like cigarette brands and so forth, so on that latched on to that same ideology and married that that same thing. Right. So be a patriot, and smoke these cigarettes and join on that whole thing. Right. (laughs) And but we have the power to now turn it around because now we have Me Too and you have uh, Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, uh, one that I'm proud of, which is No More Black Targets, you know, which helped spark that movement. And it's it's a situation where now where we're trying to revolutionize our truths, and Isabel spoke right about truth telling. So if we're going to talk about truth, and it's based off of what's happening now. It's gonna it's it's gonna cause a lot of people to get away from government, much like what Alex said, and really write their their own narratives and and come together. It's gonna force a true democracy. This is what I call true democracy because. It's not governed by anyone. It's mm. it's, a, it's the people choosing to do this, and out of a lot of that comes out a lot of beautiful, uh, powerful, and inspiring things. And it can it can only grow, and, and out of so many you know flowers, in uh, uh, and, and, and a bush of flowers, the bushes of flowers. Imagine how many petals. So these voices are, are ever changing uh, through diversity and inclusion, through speaking from people that that have been through war or are going through war, war, such as, you know, the uh, Ukraine. And and if they can, if they can uh, adapt to change, then so can the rest of us. And that means all across the board, agency-wide, business-wide. And the thing is, is uh, businesses, it's going to come to a point where businesses have to adapt or die. And that's pretty much it. But it's the beauty that comes out of it for constant evolution, you know. Yeah. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, we can come to the end. I guess Alex, um final point to you, you know, same question on how uh this era of instability, if that's not making it too gloomy, how is that going mm-hmm. to affect the the, uh, the work we do? Um and also how's that going to affect the way the work we do is received?
2: Yeah I mean there's um there's obviously like there's a, a light and a dark side, right and the the truth is' probably going to sit somewhere in the middle and not in a giant gray area but with you know both those light and dark things working in, in tandem. I think I'm going to try and focus on the the optimistic side like I said before that's that's the view I'm taking. I think in terms of the global economic recession that we're looking looking down the barrel of. I don't think it's a deep recession. Um, I mean, when I say I don't think, I read it in the Economist, so um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just nicking like clever people's <laughs> point of view. But really, I think it's it's not like an economic crash globally, right? But actually, the bigger crisis is the cost of living crisis, um, hyperinflation, stagflation in the UK, and lots of different economic like a it's kind of an economic storm. And weirdly, you know what, it feels like a really good analogy for what's going on inside people. I think something that um, Isabel was saying is is really valuable, that actually one of the, the scarier things about how, um, if it is going to be a gloomy economic outlook for maybe the next two or three years, how that might exacerbate some of the other aspects we're seeing that were accelerated by COVID from the mental health crisis to, I guess, like a, a happiness deficit, right? And it, it's kind of, everyone's so explicitly searching and yearning for happiness that perhaps they're, they're never going to get it. It's like the more you say it, the less it, the less it arrives. But I, I do think the big risk to business is that you go back to what, um what they would call belt and braces, right? It's kind of low cost, you know, high value kind of make sure that, you know, we're running a, a lean business that disregards principles in favor of profit. But in reality, like, that that, that's a different world that's outmoded thinking even in the current situation you know i think um if you are as just been said if you are willing to run a business that's not sustainable you can't acquire customers in in the new generation they their values cost uh, are more valuable to them than the value of what you're producing but also lots of what you're producing can be produced by other people now can be marketed by anyone on instagram now there's a real meritocracy. Right and brands are no longer the best expression of your product. They are your product. You know your products are just the best way to subscribe to that brand, and we see that uh, in in every industry. And a brand is a set of values. If you don't have them, you don't have a future. And I think you know you're going to see some businesses that try and be more mercenary and fail in the next few years. And I hope so anyway. And then you're going to see some brands try and double down on that that kind of breadth. Right and Talking again about what Josephine was saying about that that liveness of brands, that's com- that's also complemented by the transparency of brands, which by all means it is is partly down to you know that purpose economy emerging, but it's also down to regulation. It's down to the requirements of business to no longer have that smoke screen. And I think profit in an era where transparency is is not only welcomed, but required means that there's a broader spectrum um, of what profit is. And I think before there was a transactional notion around business. Now there's a more customer acquisition model. And that that appeal needs need to kind of recruit humans, right, where advocacy is the new currency. That's where I think um, we could see business, like I said, force this progress. And weirdly, the economic situation could be a benefit. What you always see during a recession is more new businesses, you know, I think it, the necessity is the the mother of invention, right? That's the kind of the famous phrase that gets wheeled out in every TED talk. And if it, if it's necessary to invent, then you invent, right? And I think that's also why you know we're all better with a deadline. I'm looking at you, It's like we knew it the same, right? And and that's that's what I mean about the climate crisis. You know, like it's becoming necessary to fix it. It's not becoming like pra- pragmatic. It's becoming essential. But at the same time, adversity is kind of the mother of so many great things. And I don't mean this like I want to welcome adversity, but we do have to look at the silver linings from everything from COVID through to the world wars. Like you can see these happen, these long-term silver linings to those clouds. Like adversity is the mother of resilience, of entrepreneurship, of progress. Like I said before, it's a progress economy. And I think, you know, even when you look at the conflict in Ukraine. And you know the fact that we're reliant on Russia for for gas and oil means suddenly there's going to be more investment in green energy and and self reliance. You know that is the possibly the political, like, kick up the arse that the green energy movement needed. You know because we don't want to be reliant on these volatile nations anymore. Yeah, uh, and we're going to be held to task by our our communities to make sure we you know put sanctions on Russia, for instance. And I think, you know, sustainability, therefore, is also the, the, the kind of the mother of efficiency. So if you're trying to cut costs, then suddenly being green is a good thing. You know, waste costs you money now. Energy costs you more money than it ever did before now. So now's your time to cut your energy. use. Now's your time to be self-sufficient. Now's your time. You know, there's suddenly, like in this economic and planetary kind of remit kind of context, it's giving you a, a brief writing a new brief Mm -hmm, not just for mm -hmm. business but for society in general and you know whether we meet the brief is a big question but at the end of the day there's opportunity in every risk and there's you know there's a difficulty that yeah a difficult time that's going to come and we've got to look after the people most affected and you know that's more of a political standpoint but you know i think yeah if if we look at that kind of mother analogy like purpose is the is the mother of advocacy you know, and and you know, people are now you you need to kind of drive loyalty from your audiences and your communities. Um, you need to have have a legacy for the business that you're running. Um and we business is now no longer separate, I think, from community and society and politics. It can't be anymore. You Know the, the businesses that said oh let's keep quiet recently. That's this was what I mentioned at Manifestival as well. It's the first time we saw this year businesses saying, you know, there's a memo sent out by an agency to um, its exec saying don't advise clients to comment on the um the abortion legislation um in, in the US. And there was uproar on social media when that was leaked. Yeah. This is the first time where inaction from brands is is it gonna burn them down. It's not like Oh, did you did you do the right action? It's actually if you didn't even attempt to comment on this because it affects me as your customer, I'm not going to use you anymore. That's a whole new area of risk, but it's also this amazing area of opportunity and, and, and development. So I'm back in circles again. Like it's a progress economy. It's going to be accelerated rather than dulled by the the macroeconomic situation. Um, and I think the global approach to economy. Um, and uh, economics in general is also something that is driving that globalization of business too um you know there's no there's no geographic boundaries on an app
0: (laughs) that's that that's that's very true i would say this though on two two notes silence is complicit no matter how you look at it um and number two there's an artist in every last one of us right manifest comes from different branches of creatives, right? We all are creative in, in, in some sort of way, all right? So, you know, my, my, my sum up is artists create the most beautiful shit out of the most chaotic situations. Mm-hmm. And from that, you have your flowers, which is, you know, what we can pick up and do from that inspiration. And out of out of that inspiration, brings the truth telling that that uh, Isabel was talking about. Yeah, and that's it. That's right. I like I like the
1: really the really positive end on such a such a dark question, but um, but I, I like that. I, I you know the idea that 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 artists create the most beautiful work um through 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 adversity. You know, adversity being the mother of. of Progress is a, is a really good, a really good way to end. So, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Josephine. Thank you, Izzy. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, you know, dare I say, this is probably better than the live one. Um, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe one day would release the, the the live one as some kind of like B side <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on vinyl. <laughs> but um, but thank you guys so much. And um, you. you know, yeah, and hopefully this sparks um, a lot of of introspection, a lot of questions from the, uh, from listeners. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to seeing this out out of the world. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank Thank you. Thank you. you. All right, folks, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe on Spotify and Apple music. So you never miss an episode. Stay blessed and stay fresh.